Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Baked and Awake podcast. I'm your host, Steve. And at the time of this recording, it's December 24th, 2019. So I wish all of you who are celebrating a very Merry Christmas. I believe it's day two or three of Hanukkah right now. So happy Hanukkah to those of you enjoying the Festival of Lights. The recording that you're about to hear, which will follow this short intro, is one that I have mentioned to a few of you already here on the podcast in the form of a conversation that took place just a couple weeks ago with a very well-known mud flood and Tartaria researcher from Russia named Philip Druzhenin. Had a great conversation with Philip. We both consider it the first of, hopefully, more to come. Maybe one more. Maybe more than that. We'll see where it goes. On the subject of the mystery and how he got started looking into it, sort of where things are at right now. I wanted to record a super brief intro um, because this is review for probably five of you who might have listened to previous episodes and navigated your way over to YouTube to go listen to that uh, video chat. And if you you know want to do that still, if you haven't listened to this conversation before and you want the actual teleconference footage, which is just us sitting talking together, um, but you get to see both our faces and expressions as we as we chat, then by all means go visit my Baked and Awake YouTube channel. You should be able to find it just by searching Baked and Awake or it's youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Baked and Awake podcast. Bit of a mouthful, so I would just get on YouTube and search Baked and Awake. If you haven't already subscribed, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell for notifications so that you get notifications of all my uh, uploads to YouTube. Not only do we send the podcast there, but I do create videos specifically uh, that support the podcast content and post some of them directly to YouTube. In this case, the Philip Drusian in interview being in, in, being a video, we went straight to YouTube with that. But meaning to release it to the podcast stream because I'm sure a lot of you aren't in both places. So... Here is that content now, and I don't think it's diminished in the slightest by only being audio. Uh, We didn't do any screen sharing or anything else like that during this chat. At any rate, I want to re-express my gratitude to Philip once again here for posterity for the sake of it. Uh, He actually reached out to me a few weeks ago after seeing me posting on Instagram more or less crying about my state of affairs, lack of engagement on Instagram versus other places. I'm not even sure what I was crying about at the moment, but this guy inboxed me and said, hey brother, do you want to have a chat? Let's talk mud flood. It might be fun. Um, So just so grateful for that, especially because of who Philip is in the mud flood and Tartarian research community. He's a pretty well-respected guy, and when you hear him talk about the topic I think his you know authority will show through right away 
Uh, we're looking forward to part two of this conversation very soon with Philip. I have a chat going with him in DMs right now where we're trying to pin down a time between now and hopefully the new year where we can follow up on a few tantalizing tidbits that came up in the conversation you're about to hear. So, if you haven't heard this conversation already, I hope you really enjoy it. I'm looking forward to hearing it all over again. Um, I had the best time talking to Philip, and he was a great, great guest on the show. So, looking forward to talking to him some more, and looking forward to more interesting conversations like this with other members of the Tartaria and Mud Flood research community in the coming year. So, without too much further ado, I'm going to get out of the way here. I told the family I was going to take an hour upstairs and try to get this out to all of you as a little Christmas stocking stuffer, as it were. So, let's do that. I hope you're all having a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. Can't even tell you how much I appreciate you all and love you all and just appreciate the heck out of the support for the show that you've all shown already. Look forward to a lot of really great building of the show and the community around Baked and Awake in the coming year. Check my show notes to this episode for links to the website, links to my Discord server, links to the Tartary Exertus Discord server. Merry Christmas to all my friends at the Tartary Exertus Discord set, uh, server. That community is amazing and wonderful. Merry Christmas to everyone in my own Baked and Awake Discord server, which is growing every day and fills me with happiness every time I get the notification from Discord that somebody else found their way to our little community. Uh, on top of it all, I invite you to visit bakedandawake.com one time. If you haven't lately, or if you haven't before, make your way on over to the Smoker's Lounge. I have a wacky, super retro, super old school, bulletin board system looking chat room in there where you can leave messages for me 24-7, 365, and they're just going direct to that page. Uh, we'll try to have some more fun with that in the coming year as well. You may see some changes to that page, but right now it's up and running. So... All right, everybody. I think that'll do it for me. We'll talk to you real soon. Enjoy this chat with Philip Druzhenin of Mud Flood Advanced Research and his own channel of his own namesake, Philip Druzhenin YouTube channel. Links to both will be in the show notes for you today. Smoke some Indica today. Don't forget to do shit anyway. Uh, hello, friends, and thanks for watching this special of the Baked and Awake podcast. I'm reading some notes here from my introduction for a special guest that I'm pleased to have on the show with me today, a gentleman who's an experienced and well-respected investigator into the history of the lost civilization. Some call it a lost empire, that of Grand Tartaria. Listeners of this show have heard Philip's name before more than once, as I've mentioned him as a major source of information and indeed convincing evidence in some of my earliest episodes about the mystery of mud flood events of the late 18th and early 19th centuries and the Grand Tartaria mystery of history. Um, we've been talking about this subject for the better part of a year now on Baked and Awake and uh, 
Philip has been talking about Grand Tartaria for several years longer than that. He's been on YouTube since 2011. His main channel has over 19,000 subscribers and is growing every day. Philip's catalog of videos is very prolific. He has over 400 uploads and nearly 2 million views. I don't know if you even knew you had 2 million views yet, Philip, but you're right about there. Can't overstate how informative and insightful Philip's channel is. Uh, and we'll, of course, include a link to your show, uh, your channel, in the show notes today. Um, I recommend everybody who's listening to this find Philip's channel and spend some time there, drop a subscription, and I guarantee you'll learn a lot about this topic. Uh, thank you for joining me today, Philip. I know it's pretty late where you are. You're about 11 hours ahead of me there, and you're in the Moscow time zone. Do you live in Moscow, Russia proper? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm Moscow, Russia, and you are where? Seattle, Washington. Ah, so it's just almost 12 hours difference, I'd say. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's a late night for me if I was talking to somebody at this time of night. So thank you for staying up a little bit for us. Yeah. Uh, what 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 is uh, like uh, the main topic today? I think uh, you wanted to ask me some questions about Tartarian Mothlot. For sure. Uh, mostly want to have uh, some fun introducing you to my audience, right? And let them get to know you uh, because as I indicated by my introduction, I think a lot of us consider you a leader in the topic um, and in particular amongst the YouTube creators out there who are making content on this subject. I feel like you've really been at it for a while. I always enjoyed your no-nonsense approach to the topic. Um, and as I say, you've been you've been at it longer than most folks that I'm aware of. My question, my first question for you is actually, is this something, Philip, that you've known about since you were a kid? Is this something that is a little bit more common knowledge than we might expect? You know, I'm a newer person to the mud flood mystery. I've only really known about it for a little over a year or so now. But this is history that's hundreds of years old. Yeah, the problem is that I was working as the head of... Uh... First, I was a, just an operative worker, agent, whatever you call it, officer. Then I was a head of crimes, uh, economic crimes department. Uh, we were in investigating corruption. And my office was, uh, in the walk from my office to the headquarters, was near this museum that was first excavated and gave all this mud flood sensation. Like, I mean, uh, when the excavation was proceeded, we saw the underground windows that were bricked up and sometimes even glass was in it. So, I mean, that was amazing. And uh, I was walking right by this uh, museum each and every day. So, I mean, that was common to me. And also all this information about the underground tunnels that was, uh, you know, available at that moment. And we really, really knew that a bunch of tunnels in the city and a bunch of all these undergrounds and all these special services that use it right now and like you know my friends had um, some type of sub-basement um, shop with the rifles and guns you know armor shop and um, we thought it was sub-basement because you know at that moment nobody was talking about that was like it's a buried first floor or something it's like sub-basement floor or something but it's like very tall ceiling the height like about like maybe four meters tall so it's like very um, high ceiling for basement and of course it had 
more on the ground and they were trying to enlarge the uh, the, the rented uh, you know square the, the of the shop sure. because they were paying money and they said like can we dig deeper and you know clear the the, the basement underneath because it has like more uh, you know space there and they said like okay do it and so they dug and they found out the the the, the bricked uh, tunnel there not only basement just a huge brick tunnel that's heading straight to the uh, ex uh, star fort that was before there and i didn't know about the star fort at that time i knew that it was some, some some type of fortress but right now i know it was a star fort so uh, so that was the time that we actually saw the tunnels the tunnels where you can you know like two horsemen can uh, bypass each other and don't even touch it so it's like pretty wow. big one for you know just you know saying it's like uh, non-technological it's of course it's technological and it was not like a sewers but it was like maybe like like a little subway or something like you know weird tunnel of some yeah kind. yeah yeah maybe maybe even you know like pneumatic tunnel i don't know because you know at that time i i didn't know the information about the pneumatic transportation that there was before so who knows maybe that was the pneumatic tunnel so but uh, anyways as long as as they excavated the the basement and showed everybody look look we found something like everybody was oh and somebody called the museum and museum was like about like quarter mile from that place uh, and people from museum came like some historians or whatever you call them the regional uh, regional people that know history about the region and you know like book bookworms I would say <laughs> and like yeah yeah, sure. yeah 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 scholars you know and and they're like oh shit well you found the tunnel of the you know Tsar's Empire tunnel that was used by the Kolchak that was escaping from this house because that house was the Kolchak um, wow. Kolchak he was a general of, um, who was fighting Bolsheviks and he even proclaimed Omsk my hometown the the capital of Russia when uh, this fight was going on and a bunch of Western countries backed him up like uh, USA uh, Britain Japan and somebody else so and that was a war in 1918 so I'd say I didn't buy that time that was Kolchak tunnel but it was like pretty much good enough to explain that we found but right now I know it's sure, not culture they had something to tell you but yeah 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 but exa uh -huh. you know one thing that that was missing here in this chain of information is that exactly when everybody went home this truck with the uh, concrete came there and when everybody was home in around like nine o'clock, nine p.m., they came and they poured all this concrete into this hole that they excavated. And the museum uh, people were there also, and they say like some some um, FBI people, Russian FBI people were there. So I mean, so they they to totally uh, knew the information that that those tunnels were used by those special forces of uh, to you know maybe have a transport secret transportation like like a traffic jam or something is in the city you you want to you know achieve the point really fast and you use those tunnels of course because there's no traffic jams there you, you like you know totally free and you don't have to go to helicopters or anything like you know and mm -hmm. it's totally secret and nobody knows because it's undercover 
uh, transport and you like you know you can appear in some house or some some building at the other end of the city uh, right visible yeah wow. yeah that's what we're talking about so and that's that's the level of information that was before right now i have more information about that place and uh, i know that the whole city is with these tunnels and stuff like this and more of that that all those tunnels continue uh, way through whole siberia and way to the east asia and uh, even to japan right so i think a lot uh, remains to be learned about these tunnel systems that we're finding out seem to be under all these major cities and uh, i'm sure you're indicating something that i've heard a few other places before we think they go further than yeah, maybe yeah. we've told don't and we? i think it's it's not like for uh transporting mm, big uh, amounts of people or maybe like just a you know, small group of people can you know be put in some object like like a, some pneumatic bullet type of train that is going mm. in inside and you, you like you know blow the pressure and it's pressing it right now we don't have anything left because maybe the rust or maybe like some parts are missing and maybe they like you know totally dissolved in the water or moisture but what, what you can see is just perfect brick masonry and all these tunnels of all brick made and you know i don't see i didn't see any reinforcement like you see in them in the metro stations all these reinforcements that they do i didn't see any re reinforcement thought it was intact it didn't yeah, need all yeah 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 it was all all this form is reinforcement the shape is reinforcement uh i want to make sure we uh keep uh the detail level a little bit uh, like for our listeners today, Philip, partially because I want to encourage them strongly to make their way to your channel and right, look so at the only exclusive information for you. There we go. There we go. <laughs> you've got you've got dozens of hours of yeah. really informative uh, content on the ins and outs of the nature of the structures, the the history of the sites that are in your local area, uh, and and I want to make sure people do get to. Uh, get the big picture today with with us a little bit so that they can get back to your channel and really dig in. Um, if we can, I want to uh, ask you uh, sort of my next question here. Uh, you know, Mud Flood and Grand Tartaria, speaking of your local area, these mysteries, at least on the internet, the way we first encountered them, the way most of us first encountered them, uh, appears to have really deep roots in Russian history and culture. Uh, most Mud Flood researchers will either lightly or heavily refer to the works of Anatoly Fomenko in particular uh, and his new chronology books. Um, I know that it's something that you're not ignorant of at all. Uh, can I ask you to the to the best, you know, you don't have to get too technical here um, or, or agree with or refute everything about Fomenko and his new chronology, but on his own website, he summarizes on the front page um, that, you know, using Fomenko is a, is a noted uh, Russian, if I'm not mistaken, uh, mathematician and statistician who wrote the books, The New Chronology. And he, he states that they applied his background in mathematics, his background in statistics, compared it against the um, official history, compared it against, uh, you know, firsthand uh, uh, original documents of history. And based on their analysis, they, it was proved in their terms that the Scaligarian chronology 
and therefore the Scaligarian history of antiquity and the Middle Ages is totally wrong. Moreover, it appears that our history right up to the end of the 16th century was consciously falsified and at the epoch of the 17th and 18th centuries that work was done. Therefore, we're living in a world today that is a world with that altered, intentionally altered history. Um, Fomenko, of course, was referring to uh, Joseph Justice Scaliger, the French academic who wrote the uh, famous uh, history book. Uh, I believe it was called, uh, let's see here, I got the name of it. It's a funny, it's like a Latin sounding name. His, Historia Theologica. Uh, well, it, anyways, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's Horus Temporum is the name of the uh, is the book from Scaliger. But mm -hmm. so that, of course, shapes much of official history today is the Scaligerian narrative from his, his book. Um, do do we think Fomenko was really onto something and got the big parts of his theory yeah. correct? Yeah, I got a little deeper. Uh, when I tried to uh, realize where this, the leak came from, I found out that Fomenko was um, in the group of Soviet, uh, his, uh, Soviet, you know, when you have a group of different scientists, like historians, uh, maybe geographers, uh, I don't know, biologists, chemicals, I don't know, space scientists and mathematicians, and he was in that group and a bunch of different scientists were performing one project and it was called the uh, discrediting the western uh, history okay because um, uh, there was a back backup plan for the soviet propaganda machine they wanted to make like uh, at certain point make this stab in the in the back for the western history line because you know it was totally made up and they knew it and that information was totally uh, proven during these investigations of uh, in, that were made in Nazi Germany and in the Soviet Union during and before the World War two because a bunch of special forces were uh, and agents were in each and every country trying to find all this ancestor knowledge and they were trying to refresh all this information of the history so the Soviets knew the, the Western history was totally falsified and that's why that project was uh, made up and was funded by Soviets. But at a certain point Soviet Union was destroyed uh, by this Cold War um, uh, situation. Like sure. I'd say it was planned and everybody knew they, they were go going to do it. So they just uh, stopped the financing of this project. and. At that time, probably Fomenko and Nosovsky really were just, you know, making money on their one work. They were working for uh, Moscow State University at the Faculty of the Mathematics. So they, it's not a big money, okay, it's not a very big money for Moscow. And so what I, what I found out that they needed uh, some project to, you know, make, make some more business because everybody else was doing it in 90s. It was like a break of this communist system and everybody started to make money. So those two professors were really smart and I think we need to write a book about what we did in the Soviet time and what we found out when we calculated all this. What they did actually, they made a program that was calculating all this information and finding this 
um, you know, certain patterns in the history that they, you know, presented in some of their uh, works. Like uh, they see the the different ones, different names, but the same situation, like sure. with the period of two hundred years, like with the difference. Sure, we have doublings and triplings. Yeah, so yeah, some yeah, yeah, yeah. So that 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 in the history, right? Yeah, kind of stuff. That that, that was the idea of that group. So that group was working for this, and they, you know, pulled the blanket on themselves and trying to make the money on this information because it was a hard time for for Russia. It was like, um, I'd say it's like Great Depression or something time period for USA, like similar type with everybody just needs to make some money. And so they did it and they, you know, made a large campaign of public relations to present it. But uh, they don't talk about mud flood. They don't talk about um, falsification of Napoleon Wars. All this stuff is like, you know, more clear to me because, you know, it's not that far away because what they are trying to present us was, was happening like way before the 16th, 17th century. And that's where they stop. That's as, as, as what I know. Maybe right now they wrote more books, but at the period that I was reading them, they stopped at a certain period, like uh, late medievals. And there we go. That's why, that's why uh, I don't, you know, really buy their comments to what they found because I don't see the correlation with, with what I found and this that's where our roads separate sure so sure I agree with the 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 idea of the group that Western history Western history paradigm is falsified but more of that I don't research because it was before the 19th century before the 18th century so and I don't really buy because I know everything was re-edited in 19th century. That's why they also they also done. <laughs> yeah, they also read the same uh, edited sources like everybody else. So that's the the mistake. Okay, but I know why they do it because if they totally blow up this information about 19th century, 18th century, I'd say they they be like start eight people too close to them in history. Yeah, people yeah, yeah, yeah. who found it in control even in the time when they were doing their yeah. work. Yeah, that's why they, they stay way back before that, because at that certain point they don't have this, you know, pain in a bottle of the mainstream. Okay. Awesome, awesome. Uh, thank you. That's a, that's a question I knew you were uniquely qualified to answer for me. Yeah, Philip, I, promise, and I, I promise people to, you know, make a single video about it, but I still don't have enough time to do it. Maybe after this video i'll edit that's one i watch philip that's one i would love to yeah. watch i would love to I'll, see you i'll edit the, i'll edit this chat also to this video so we can have like a prequel of your question and then uh, i'll just you know go to the information it. itself okay that would be wonderful um so that leads me to uh another question and you know this is like i think maybe a real a personal thing that's different for everybody but what to you, Philip, is the most interesting aspect of the mud flood, Grand Tartaria mysteries? Like, what keeps you motivated to continue digging into this subject? Where do you think your research is taking you with this? Yeah, I think the the next step that we're gonna be talking about is the the Empire of Ross. Actually, the the only one. Actually, your new shirt. Yeah. 
actual empire that was before and uh, all the rest of the empires are just fake empires those empires are just p little parts of this huge empire so and that's where the we're gonna be touching the parasites more we're gonna be uh, researching who they are what they do what what are they like technology of what they you know how they operate of this world so this is what I'm probably heading to I love it I love it that's amazing I just saw your merch Empire of Roast and I was thinking about oh this is kind of a term I haven't <laughs> People ask me to be where I can buy a shirt. I made a yep. shirt for them, and nobody yep. ever bought one single shirt. Oh my god, that's terrible! <laughs> I was thinking about I was thinking about getting one. So yeah, I might, I might get myself. I, I have a U.S. mail address, so I can get myself. It's only... nice, right? Teespring there. There we go. Good stuff. Well, it's a good-looking shirt, so I'll try to I'll try to be one of your first customers. Okay, thanks. Um, so uh, that's really cool. So I'm I'm excited to learn a lot more about the Empire of Rose. Yeah, I really am. Do, do you and, have Do you have your own merch, the Bacon Wig? A little bit, a little bit. You know, uh, what do I use? T Public. Uh, you you send just, send me the link. I I also want to buy a couple of different uh, shirts with with the uh, logos of different channels because sometimes I, I talk with Richard Lopez. I want to present sure. his logo, and so it would be like very, very nice to. Okay, you'd make my day, Philip. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, send me a link. That I will. I'll be happy to. That actually leads me to my very last question that I have for you for our chat today. Um, you know, I again have super appreciated this talk. Like we covered a lot of interesting ground in a short amount of time. Um, you know, I hold you in high regard with your research in mud flood. Uh, I know you've established really relationships with Richard, uh, with my friend Andreas Exertis from uh, uh, the his own uh, Charter Exertis uh, efforts and channel. Uh, can you tell us, uh, me and the audience, anybody else, uh, I, I, I know we both like our friend Global Vision, who, is he another Russian gentleman? Yeah. Who else should people be listening to or looking into who, who we might not have mentioned just yet? Um, who can help them learn more the good stuff about mud flood and Grand Tartari? Well, I'd say at certain point I stopped watching uh, this topic. It was like be because uh, the summer was very, you know, fulfilled with inf inf information and activities of my own. So, I mean, I stopped monitoring internet at summer. Right. So right, and right now I don't even know who who is the new one. But the the people I really uh, you know uh, how do you say um, referred to as you know possible to watch or might watch or must watch must have whatever. I just you know I put them on on my uh, community. Uh, there we go. Yeah, and, some and sometimes in on, I I do a chat with the person, and so the the people know who it is. Like I do a chat oh. with you, so I'll upload this chat to my channel and and show people uh, your link. So this is how I, uh, you know, pull the people to the channel of the person. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. Uh, in case of like uh, Stellium Seven like some a huge amount of people came to his channel first but then nobody comes i i don't know what's happening so hmm. it's like it i don't know the algorithm uh if if it's the algorithm i don't know sure but right sure. now 
we see the decrease of views, we see the decrease of recommendation, we see the decrease of non-subscribed viewers on all the channels that I imagine, uh, that I manage. Yep. I have a bunch of channels. So it's like... This YouTube level, we know it is. It's wild. Yeah, so uh, the monetization is a key uh, thing. So if you want your channel to grow, you have to be a partner. You have to be monetized. If you don't monetize, sooner or later you're going to be banned or blocked by YouTube. So. Yeah, and that is a scary thing to think about for all of us as we work so hard at our channels and see so little, you know, in terms of direct return anyway. Um, so but if you watch sure. somebody who is non-monetized, tell him to be monetized as soon as possible because as long as he monetized, he has some security protection from this total blog by YouTube. There we uh, go. Help your channels get to monetizable status by not just watching but subscribing and and sticking around and supporting yeah, and those. This is, this is not a huge amount of money, but it keeps YouTube thinking that you are a decent channel and it doesn't you know perform all these harsh actions. Okay. There. Well, Philip, um, I want to thank you. I think we have just a couple minutes left before the uh, conference uh, is going to end here. Did you have any announcements or would you like to remind folks the names of both of your channels so that they can be sure to get to you directly? Of course, I'm going to be writing them as clickable links in my show description, but you have a second channel besides just Philip Drusian on YouTube, don't you? Yes, I tried to make a backup channel and I called it Mudflood Research Advanced, Advanced Research, right? So there we go. as what I have the Facebook group. So if you want and we still recommend people go ahead and sub to Mudflood Research Advanced as yeah. a uh, back to Philip Drusian should anything happen to that main channel. Yeah, they they they're going to be both okay I hope because <laughs> you know, I'm a professional in YouTube so I, it would be serious you fuck up to <laughs> to get a channel block so but so I I probably won't do it. Okay. Good. Well, and uh, so as Philip indicated, a lot of the creators who are doing great research in the area, Philip sat down with most of them by now, and there are uh, visits with several different people on Philip's channel. Find him on YouTube at Philip Drusianin and at Mudflood Research Advanced. Uh, Philip, I hope this is the first of many calls we get to have together yeah, over you, the... If you have there, time, I, we can uh, do another 30 minutes, so I, I'm okay with that. Oh, really? Yeah. I would love to do that. Why don't we uh, take a quick uh, break and I okay. will send you a invite. I would love that. Okay. We can keep uh, a little bit more loose and free form for the next chat. Yeah, yeah. It would be good to have another one. Fantastic, Bill. Let's do it. All right. Uh, thank you, everybody. Okay. And there we go. Perfect.